Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting technique and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 131. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Wiz the MC. The singer and MC from Cape Town has just released his latest EP, entitled Where Silence Feels Good. In today's episode, we're speaking with Wiz about his new EP, how we got his start in hip-hop, and we discuss what silence means to us. Here we go. Our guest today is a rapper, MC, and singer originally born in Cape Town. Having spent some time over the last few years in Toronto, he's now released his brand new EP entitled Where Silence Feels Good. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours with the MC. Hello, how are we? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, where, where are you joining us from this, this morning? I am in very typically wintry, cloudy Berlin, Germany. Well, where are we now? It, oh, it is February, so it is still winter over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys have? Is there such thing as winter over there? We we do. There's no snow. There's nothing like that. But it is, uh, it is bitingly cold. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. The reason why we are having a chat today, you have recently released um, a brand new EP into the world, which is very exciting, Where Silence Feels Good. Congratulations, mate. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy it's finally out. Of course. It's a uh, it's a brilliant EP, beautifully, uh, s- sorry, sonically beautiful. Um, I guess, yeah, how long have some of these songs been in the works and, and kind of how long have you been waiting for them to come out? In total, I've been working on this project like for the past one and a half years. So just like from the middle of, of quarantine, I would say, or the first quarter, I don't know how to, you can't measure anything by quarantine anymore. <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah, uh, one and a half, one and a half years they've been in the works. So um, yeah, long time in the coming. It is. Hey, I, first, I do agree with that. Sometimes it's difficult to, if you refer to a lockdown, there's now so many that it's difficult to kind of gauge time by them. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> this uh, this EP is, I feel, definitely an evolution of um, of the sound of, of with the MC. I feel that while it still retains a lot of, like, what makes your previous releases you, this mm. almost is a little bit more melodic, almost has, like, a little bit more... Um, 
I don't want to say singing because you were singing in previous ones as well, but yeah. I just feel like that there's a, yeah, there's a whole new kind of energy in this as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's a great way to put it. Um, uh, it's funny when, when, when you mentioned singing, cause I was, I was in the studio recently and that reflects like what I've, what I've been doing on the EP is like, I was in the studio with, with a friend here in, in Berlin and after a while he was like, you're really singing now, eh? Cause last time <laughs> it was like two years ago and I was like rapping, melodically rapping, you know? So I think this is like the first project where I, where I really like unpacked the singing that I've been like learning professionally, like over the past one, two years. And it's really exciting. Like, I don't feel the progression too much because it's like, I feel like a daily or like a, a weekly, you know, growth slope. But I guess for anyone listening to the music, you know, it, it's very, very notable. And I'm excited to do more of that and just see how that comes across, you know? Yeah, 100%. It, uh, it's definitely a, I feel that there are some rappers who sing and, and vice versa and it goes both ways. But when you've kind of come from that original uh, background of, of rapping, what have you found easy to kind of, um, what's the word? Uh, what's like a skill set from rapping that you've found kind of crosses over into the realm of singing and, and what you've been doing there? Mm, honestly, what just popped to my mind was like, I feel like singing is cheating if you're a rapper because you use like way less <laughs> So you can like, so you can like say a thing that you would like rap in 16 bars and like, in like four bars, but just sing them very long, you know? So I always attempted that. I was, I was never as good as I am now, but I think a skill set is just like the writing and you can like really condense the writing because in a, in a rap verse, you can explain your feelings, you know, throughout a whole time or season or whatever. And I think in a, in a chorus or in a bridge where you're really trying to get concise, you, you have to, um, yeah, bring that all together and, and make it make sense in a short time and keep the listener's attention. I feel like rap, like rap listeners have a longer attention span just by the fact that sometimes the coolest things get only mentioned at the end of the verse, but pop or mainstream listeners are just conditioned to kind of tune out if it's not exciting from the get, you know, that's why Bruno Mars is so amazing and my musical godfather. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought of it as not laziness, but I, it is a very good point that like you're kind of putting a lot more train of thought into something that is rap. Whereas yeah, for, for singing, it can just be three words that are melodically stretched over a longer period of time. Yeah. That's a very, yeah. very good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you are sitting down to write some of these songs, uh, I guess, do you approach it from a singing perspective, from a rap perspective, or is it just kind of whatever takes inspiration at that point? I would say the inspiration in the moment, and it always starts with a guitar. So if it's the song Everything or Stone Nights or Empty Handed, it's like it always starts with the guitar. And then I either, I usually start writing the chorus. So the chorus for me is like, if the chorus is good enough, it makes sense for me to write the verses. If I start with the verse, there's more pressure for the chorus. Because if I like the verse, the chorus has to be really good. So it's kind of like I try to get the, the, the hardest part out the way and write a good chorus. And then I got to have verses that live up to it. So it, it really, like in the verses, I, I, I rap or, or sing melodically. And in the chorus, I, I try to sing as much as possible because I've like how I would describe my style or what I love in my music the most is like 
chanty choruses where you can scream along, sing along, cry along, like where you like feel like you're part of it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I was going to bring up um, Empty Handed a little bit later, but because you've mentioned it, the song is gorgeous. It's the it's the final track of the EP, mm-hmm. and I feel that it is... And, and this is said with respect. Again, it is a beautiful track. It is so far from like hip hop or rap or R&B. It is almost like kind of singer songwritery, which I, I thought was like a beautiful end to the EP. Mm. Would that be, I guess, a genre that you'd further explore uh, in the future possibly? First of all, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Of course. Um, especially because I, I never, I haven't released a song like that yet. So I'm excited people finally got to hear something like that. Um, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Someone said, and, and I won't take the credit for that compliment fully, but someone said it, it feels like a Paul McCartney song just off the chord progression, how it's like, it's not typical, like four bars, it goes like to six and then it goes back, you know, and mm-hmm. it has like kind of this. Um, so definitely it was really exciting writing something like this. Cause I never did it before. And I remember being in the studio and, and I was very self-conscious and I asked the producer, is this good? Cause I never, you know, didn't feel like anything I did before. And they were like, yeah, keep writing, keep writing, keep writing, you know, that is <laughs> to Ryan Reigns at this point. Yeah. He kept me going. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine when you are kind of like, uh, touching on musically something you haven't done before, it can kind of be daunting and that it does obviously help to have those people around. Do you find that without, um, what am I trying to, how am I trying to word this? Do you find sometimes without that kind of push or maybe having like an, another person around to find that you do not get stuck in, but I, I feel like as someone who, yeah, has written before, you kind of find yourself in the same mindset or loop it, almost. You're touching on something very, very interesting that I thought about very recently. And that is like, and I, I told that to a producer, I was like, I need to make more, um, like my, I feel like the magic key for good music for me is collaboration because collaborators, if it's, if it's writers or producers, they will be the ones being like, this sounds cool. Keep going. But if I'm on my own, like my judgment is based on my past and on what I know. Right. But if I'm around someone completely new who, you know, who, who barely knows my music or just has an idea of what's cool and what's interesting, I can have an insight from a whole different perspective. You know what I mean? And so if, if I keep only listening to myself, it can be cool and can still be my own music, but I want to expand. I want to explore. I want to do things I've never done before. So for that, it's very important for me to do sessions with other people so that I can have an insight how someone else thinks about what could sound good as a record, not only for their personally personal interest, but like as a record, you know? So I definitely need that because otherwise I'm just in my head. I'm like, oh, it's not worth finishing. It's not worth, you know? Yeah. 100%. It's, um, I feel like it's a roadblock. A lot of artists kind of get into almost either that it's not good enough, as you just said, or I feel like sometimes it can be a breeding ground for almost like not being stale, but if you've found something that works previously, sometimes if you stick to that too much, then you're not pushing yourself. Um, Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of collaborators, you had Sam Austin's on the rec- uh, on the EP as well, which is a, yeah. a brilliant track. How did that collaboration kind of come about? 
Um, first of all, like the, the story of how I know Sam is actually crazy. It was four years or five years ago, a friend in, in, in he actually here in Berlin, like he showed me a song of his and um, I think it's still up on YouTube. But I only I look back and has like 10,000 views. I thought it had way, way, way much more. Anyhow, so then I, I forget about Sam Austin's for the, the years in between. But then I like my manager sends me his music. I'm like, this name sounds familiar, but I couldn't find that song on Spotify. And so I like dug deep and found it on SoundCloud and on YouTube. And I was like, wow, I, I've been knowing him for like four years. And at that point I was in L.A., And um, then we met up and, and Jeff Hazen, the producer of, of, of a big part of the CP, um, he worked with Sam before. And so it was just like this, this, this moment where we all knew each other kind of, you know, <laughs> and so I reached out to Sam and then, yeah, we had a session and it was just beautiful. Like he was, he was one of the, the most like, like um, how to describe it, like sensitive and, and, and open and vulnerable and honest people I met in LA and no shade to LA, just like the people, <laughs> just the people <laughs> I met. <laughs> like he was just a like, very sweet, like even in Berlin, he would be sweet, you know, like it's, it's not. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So that was just really beautiful. And, and I think, and I wrote that down as a, as an answer in, in one of my previous interviews, like his attitude, like, his vocals carry such an attitude that, that like makes whatever he says so authentic and so pure, you know, that I haven't heard in a long time from, from young artists. So it was just exciting blending those two styles. And it pushed me to a point where I did something different. Like I never sang like, do you love me like that, baby? I see all in my head. Like I, I never did that before, you know, so it's like it pushed me, you know, again, like, like a collaboration, you know? So, yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. It is a brilliant track, and I'm glad that you guys were able to kind of, um, well, yeah, be able to uh, not not even grow, what's the word? Be able to kind of bounce those ideas off one another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the EP is titled Where Silence Feels Good, and I feel that this is a gorgeous kind of uh, title just because I feel that it probably outside of music is spoken about, but there is an art or almost like a, um, uh, no, I'm going to stay with art. There's <laughs> almost an art uh, to being able to utilize silence or sit in silence and, and have the beauty in silence actually mm. be acknowledged 
where did the the title for the EP come from? Again, thank thank you for acknowledging that. Um, the the title came. I was I was sitting in 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 LA and, and one of my friends and in partners places, and it came it came to me like just like the title where silence feels good. And what I did was like I wrote it down like ten times in my notes to kind of see if it looks good, if it feels like something. And I feel like now it's a good rule of thumb. If, if, if there's any idea or like slogan, like write it down 10 times and see if it, if it still feels good after the 10th time. And I was like, I think I got it, you know? And so that was last summer. And I just thought, okay, it's, it's a cool title, like four words. And it's kind of like, you know, simple has a feeling I'm into meditation stuff like that. But honestly, the title only made sense to me, like in the past, like a couple months or like a couple weeks, you know, because it's like, in these past one and a half years where this EP came together, more than ever, I was craving for a place where silence feels good. You know, like I used to be, I spent like two and a half years in relationships up until last year when I had like my last breakup. And since then I've been single and I think I never really acknowledged how, how kind of tough that has been for myself. And I'm like, oh, I'm over it. Oh, you know, I'm good. But I think it, it took me some time to really like, find a solid place within myself. I'm like, I'm good. I actually, you know, don't have to hold on to anyone else to kind of feel enough. And in that same space, I was just like constantly looking for a place where silence feels good within myself because before I always shared that with a person and I feel like in love or with butterflies, it's, it's easier to find that silence or it's at least a given, you know, to the point where it's not. And so it's like, I realized that yeah, over the past one and a half years, I've just been like looking for a place where silence feels good. And I'm slowly setting, settling into it, which is really beautiful. So it's almost like I've been living this experience of the EP. And it's interesting to kind of uh, see and find out where other people, like where they think or where they feel like where silence feels good. By the way, Simon, where does silence feels good for you? Oh, <laughs> Uh, I would actually, it's, it's a, it's cliche to say while we're here. Um, but sometimes like while editing this very podcast in this very room that you can see, sometimes it is just nice to like have nothing going on and there'd be that silence and it kind of allows you to have a bit more of an open space. I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like sometimes silence makes spaces bigger. Hmm. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I believe it's like that, especially when you say editing, that flow state, right? Like that, where you, where you just, we're just going and just, just doing something that that's rewarding. And some, and I feel like sometimes oddly enough, loud places or loud moments can feel like silence because you're so absorbed in it and you're not being distracted by the noise, you know, you're not caught up you're kind of like flowing with the noise and it's like finding like that. I, I don't know what the term is in the, in the tornado, you know, that, that, that quiet, that quiet point. What is that called again? The eye, the eye of the storm. Right. Right. The eye of the storm where it's like, like still, although everything, you know, like I feel like that, <laughs> that's like the place when it comes to like, you know? Yeah. I absolutely love that. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was hoping to talk about your upbringing or your introduction into music because I know that you kind of started yeah. 
uh, when you were younger, and I know that you've moved around a little bit as well, kind of um, having time in Germany, having time in Toronto as well. Do you remember the first initial kind of attraction towards music and and singing or rapping? Yeah, that was in um, like my childhood room in Lüneburg in Germany, three hours from Berlin here. And I was like 14 or 15. And around that time I got into like, oh, I, I loved rap. Like I was really into like Kidding and um, Tiger and 2 Chains, And I thought it was like just really cool music. And so I remember sitting with a friend in my room and I was like, uh, how did all these people start? Like how did all these people, uh, you know, start making music? Like they must have been trash at some point. Like they, they couldn't always be that good, you know. And so I was very convinced that everyone who who is good at music now used to be trash. And so I was like, well, that's that's an easy commitment to yourself to be like, okay, I'm gonna be trash for the next couple of years and just see how it goes. And so that's how I got into it initially. And um, yeah, that's that's where I like found love of rap. And then I found like a year or two later, I found Kendrick Lamar and J Cole, and I just loved how like emotionally intelligent they they were on the on the tracks and since then it's just been a goal of mine to like write down my feelings like as accurately as possible and which i'm which i'm still practicing but uh yeah so that's like kind of how how i got into the whole music thing initially when you were moving from germany to toronto i'm curious because toronto is a very uh, musically rich city, but I'm curious for your experience, what was the, out of any of the city in the world, what was the reason for Toronto and what was the draw? To be completely honest, I didn't go there with the intention, or at least outwardly. I, w- I didn't tell people I'm going to go there for music. I'm going to go there to break. I'm, I'm going to go there to blow up. Like that was like kind of a, a seed I had carried inside myself. And I, I, I also took like my little keyboard, my computer and my mic stand. I took everything with me, but it, like I had a two month trip planned. It was like, it was pretty random why I took Toronto. Like I had money saved up and I knew I was going to go somewhere after I graduated from high school. And so Toronto, just all the Canada popped into my head when I was in my room, you know, and I looked up Canada and Toronto and looked like an interesting city. I read some good stuff about music and the music scene. And then I looked for flights, you know, and I found a round round trip for like 450 bucks. And I just, I booked it like half a year before I went. And um, yeah, I didn't think about it because it's just like a cheap flight. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go for two months. And um, yeah, I ended up staying six months. And like at that time, I also still did videos. So I was able to like stay in the place for free because I like filmed this basketball team and edited stuff. And so I made a deal with the coach and I lived in a super cheap um, room there with a couple of artists and, and kind of just like hustled my way through Toronto for half a year. And then I came back with a work visa, worked as a barista. And so I guess to answer the question is like the open mic scene was which pulled me into the music scene, you know? I saw like a flyer somewhere, open mic, and I went there and that's where I met Tyler, like one of my good friends in Toronto. And then I hit like two or three open mics a week with him and got like my first feedback from a, you know, North American audience. And I was like, well, if, if Canada, you like, you know, they seem to uh, appreciate me or, you know, at least gave me a shot. And so I was like, okay, I guess I can really keep doing this and I'll get better on stage. And, and that kind of like laid the foundation for my performance nowadays, you know? Yeah. 
That's very cool. I um, I think yeah. Sometimes, well, a lot of great artists have come from open mic nights, smaller, kind of more humble beginnings where you can really tell. I feel like those kind of audiences are always very honest. <laughs> There's no kind of um. So yeah, I imagine if you're getting good feedback from them, you know you're onto a good thing. Yeah, yeah, and one thought that I also had which kind of manifested later when I was in Toronto, but which I also had when I was in Germany was I was, I would like freestyle at house parties, right. In Germany as, as anyone who rap would do. And, um, and, but the people were on, on one side, they were intoxicated on the other side, uh, English wasn't their native tongue, you know? And so I knew, okay, well, they might like it or they might think it's cool, but it's not accurate feedback to kind of find out if I'm actually good at it. You know, if I would be, let's say, like, I, I believe <laughs> people who, who freestyle at colleges in America will get much more critical feedback from people being like, oh, you can't rap or this is dope. You should record something, but not really in Germany if you're doing it in English, you know? And so I knew I had to get uh, feedback from a North American audience in order to you know, get assessed if I can do it and where I have to improve. Like one of the things on my, on my big manifestation list when I was like 15 years old was get rid of the accent. Like, <laughs> you know, I sounded horrible like four years ago, you know, I, I'm not trying to lose what I have right now, but like, you know, just like the, the, the big chunk that I had in the beginning. So yeah, living in Canada definitely helped with that. Yeah. That's no, I can, I actually have to, respect that sheer level of kind of commitment to a lot of people don't take on feedback, especially, and I say this with respect to all musicians I've played in bands. Sometimes feedback isn't the most easy thing to tell a musician or for a musician to to internalize and actually take on. So it must be commended and and respected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, We would usually ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to. Is there an album or a single at the moment that's kind of taken your fancy or that you've got on repeat? Mm, it's been the old Bruno Mars. Like, I, I, I don't know how, how I came across his music again, but like, and I mentioned it in another interview and they were like, like, you mean the new stuff of Anderson Pack? And I was like, no, actually like all <laughs> the grenade, like all the old stuff, you know? And the so, OG so stuff. Like, huh? the original stuff, the OG stuff. Right. Right. The OG stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, <laughs> I just been loving that. And, and, um, yeah, I found that for the next little bit, like inspirational wise, musical wise, um, Bruno Mars is, is my musical godfather and I can't wait to meet him and, and tell him that and, and live up to his expectations. You know, <laughs> I feel like some of the, um, Oh my God, I'm trying to think of what album it's called. The second one, I think it's unorthodox jukebox. The mm-hmm. second record, there's some absolutely like classic songwriting, songs on that like the chords the, the structure it's they're mm. incredible kind of songs i can understand why you've gone back to those they're incredible records yeah. yeah and his and his story you know like he did not have it easy at all coming to america and proving himself so his perseverance is very admirable you know and um yeah i think i can share some of that or at least want to you know be able to to have that long-term consistency yeah 100 percent Wiz, um, thank you very much for your time this morning. I do appreciate it. And uh, congratulations again on the EP. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure, Simon. 
And that's our show. A massive thank you to Wiz the MC for his time. Where Silence Feels Good is out now, and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to stream the EP. We also want to give a huge shout out to Shari at Great Company Collective for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning, and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify, and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Cheers.